Cube Insights from the global leader in tech coverage. Hey, welcome back everyone. We're live here in Seattle. It's the Cube's coverage of KubeCon, CloudNativeCon, a part of the CNCF Cloud Native Computing Foundation, the rise of Kubernetes. This is what the show's all about, three days of wall-to-wall -wall coverage. We've been there from the beginning covering this KubeCon effort from the beginning. I'm John Furrier with Stu Miniman. We're here to analyze and break down the event with uh, our guest analysts for the segment, Steve Herod, CUBE alumni. He was there the first day we ever did the CUBE in 2010. He's been a good friend of the CUBE. Now he's a venture capitalist managing director at General Catalyst, uh, premier VC uh, in the industry. Steve, great to see you. Good to be here. Thanks for coming like on. It feels like the early days of some of the other conferences too, doesn't it? It feels like uh, AWS, you know, seven, eight years, six years ago where it tips over. There's a tipping point. We seem to see that doubling. You know, so it's, it's kind of that tipping point where there's more demand for the cube and we can fill it. So there's great content. But it's a bigger picture, and I want to break it down. I want to get your thoughts, and let's have a shared conversation around what's really going on here. Um, you're talking about a disruption in the industry with cloud computing. You got Amazon, just a freight train, just taking all the beach. You know, the wave is coming in, and this is an opportunity, in my, my opinion, the industry to kind of say, hey, it's a multi-cloud world, so you're not going to take all of it. Mm -hmm. You got Google, you got Microsoft, you got startups. This is a way to create an open source way to fill the gap. Your thoughts? You agree? I, I, I totally agree. And I think what's interesting, this conference does not have a corporate, like a, at least an explicit corporate sponsor. It has four or five that are all trying to have their play in it. Microsoft's not one of them, which is sort of interesting. Um, but it, is, it, it was, a, I think, a very bold thing this year to have this big of a venue and invite this many people and then hope that you're going to get the sponsorships and all the other stuff that follows. Um, in Seattle. In Seattle. And, yeah, our weather <laughs> it's is, very meta. is a little bit uh, interesting. <laughs> but uh, but I, just to your point, I do think this is really interesting because it is more open than a lot of these conferences where people are coming together, both open source, but also so much focus on how do you do functions in a way that works across places? How do you do service meshes? Like everything is... Uh, it's both good and bad because there's so many choices that people are being seen right now. You were the CTO of VMware. Stu, you worked in the CTO office at EMC back in the day. You're seeing a systems kind of vibe going on in cloud, and you got application renaissance, kind of almost like the app server days. Think WebSphere or you know whatever, that movement in the 90s uh, and 2000s, that kind of grew quickly. All kind of being modernized. So you have cloud scale. Mm-hmm. AI has been around for a long time, but it's because of the cloud, is a renaissance. Video's been around for a long time, but because of the cloud, things like the cube is happening. So the cloud is enabling a rebirth of a lot of things mm -hmm. and enabling a lot of new things. How do you guys view that systems view, application renaissance? Jassy talks about it at reInvent as a new kind of persona developing. Mm -hmm. As a buyer and IT investments are changing, you're making startup investments. It's crazy. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, so, so first of all, John, I, I like what you're saying about that systems view because too often we, we, we would kind of focus on, you know, a specific tool. So virtualization was great, but, mm -hmm. you know, big thing, I took a bunch of servers, I made it smaller servers, but I took the same old application, I shoved it in there, and I left it running for another five or ten years when I probably should have modernized it. Today, you know, we, we just had Cheryl on talking about the ecosystem and customers, and what I want to focus on is, you know, how the users get value. What are we building on top right. of this? Not the next cool thing to build, but wait, how do I run my business? How do I do cool things with genomics? How do I improve healthcare? It's, and in many ways, we're seeing some of these
these top-down things. I mean, what's gotten me so excited about things like serverless and been really poking and teasing at how that fits mm-hmm. in with this ecosystem is it's not just about you know, a way to kind of turn the crank on making things a little bit more efficient or, you know, get, I can manage more machines with fewer people, but, uh, you know, it moves up thing. And for someone like myself, who I'm a networking guy with an infrastructure background, it's a little, you know, out of my comfort zone (laughs) and that's okay. You know, we talked to Lou Tucker, Lou's really excited about where AI is going and what's there. So, you know, I think we're in a real renaissance here and it's a big Well, I think to your point, what's interesting, I, whenever I do a, a teacher course to college or when I'm talking to startups, or even in the old days that it's really easy to forget that infrastructure is not a thing in its own right. It's it's solely there to enable applications and to enable other things. And and so whenever you get really deep in the weeds on this is a new security model for this type of container or this, it's important and you're thinking about the best way to do it. But you really, you're right, you have to abstract it out to can I ship value faster? Can I save customers money? Can I do something safer? Uh, you really have to think about it in that context. And thus, there's yeah. so much activity here. You have to really make sure you're thinking about where it all fits together. And, you know, the computer science conversation changes, too. The nature of what is computer science is evolving. And I want to get to that in the next kind of discussion point. But I want to just, Steve, ask you, you know, you were on the VMware side when VMware kind of entered in with virtualization. It was a desktop. It was an app. It was like a, you loaded it on a machine. And then that ended up transforming a massive industry. And so a lot of people compare what VMware did in its growth and its impact, uh, but saying the cloud has got certainly more orders of magnitude. You mm-hmm. mentioned security. How, how is, where's the VMware moment in this cloud transformation impact? I mean, you, your thoughts there, just because you've been on, on both sides, one as a driver, a CTO at VMware, and now as an investor. Where do you see cloud? Yeah, I've kind of thought of it as two different angles. One is um, appealing to developers and then that taking you all the way through operations, which is, um, I mean, that is DevOps is sort of looking at that. VMware's first product was a workstation product that made developers have a bunch of environments right in front of them. And we always had a vision for getting into the operations center, but we knew we had to kind of come up through that path. And I think, likewise, a lot of this tooling that we see here is developer first. And it's, it's them saying, I like this tool and I can make my job be more enjoyable this way. But what you're really seeing, especially at this one, is how do you start in the developer tools and then not be detested by developers, but then actually be paid for by the operations side. And so if you look at the type of vendors that are here, um, you start having venture capitalists here. You have a few people wearing suits here. It is about the making this more enterprisey, more production-ready. And that's kind of the natural progression of any major impact like this. And Heptio, certainly, Stu was reporting um, earlier, the number was embedded in the filing of VMware, you know, a half a billion dollar acquisition for talent and a position in the marketplace. There's liquidity. So there's investment opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked to Jerry Chen about this at AWS. I want to get your thoughts. How is the investment thesis going on? Because what are you investing in? Is the notion of a stack is kind of transformed into Lego blocks and services. Yep. So it's the, the notion of a stack is kind of changing. Although people say, I've heard people say the Kubernetes stack. I'm like, well, what, what does that mean? Which one? Like, yeah. like, so there's a lot of kind of stack derivatives. Mm-hmm. But how do you invest in this? What are you looking for? Um, where is the value? Yep. Where are you where are you sniffing out the, the deals? Where's the white spaces? And where should entrepreneurs go? Yeah, and I, I have several companies presenting here, so I've certainly uh, done in some investments around the space. But I, I, I focus on a few things very specifically. I've uh, ever been around this a little while. I really like to think about not at 
tools that go to the new hot new companies. I really try to think about what is more mainstream company going to adopt. And that usually means a few things. Um, it has to have enterprise capabilities. It has to fit into the rest of the things. But I look at, like, how are you going to digest this with your other tools and, and the other um, processes that you have in place? So if it's a security solution, I look at, I don't want really something that only protects the brave new world. I want it to fit in somehow with security policies and other So mainstream adoption. There. IT kind of impact? Or yeah, just like, just a, like a tool that actually works across environments and lets you go from here to there. You have talked to Illumio several times. Yeah. They're, they're trying to do micro-segmentation for physical machines all the way through containers. The other thing I'm uh, keeping a close eye on is this is chaos in terms of the number of startups doing very specific point solutions. And you have to really think about how does that grow into a big enough chunk of a budget or a big enough problem. So I, I every single time I make an investment, I ask, how does this do something 10 times better than something else and is that important to the company and that's really hard to answer sometimes yeah, yeah. to see and what's your take on the uh, kind of open source open core business model today yep. to be honest I, I i go around i talk to some of the founders there and everybody wants to contribute to open source but maybe i don't want to build a business around it because actually monetizing that is really tough is it just you know i i, I look for to get acquired by one of the big players here or can i actually build a business well, that's, with open source that's literally the billion dollar question yeah. but i do think like on the positive side the number of of exits or big things recently with Magento, with you know Cloudera doing great, with uh, obviously Red Hat, but uh, we've seen and MuleSoft, you know, like a lot of big acquisitions and uh, some good IPOs. But on the flip side, you definitely have to think about it differently now. There's a growing license that is very careful about allowing clouds to host your open source project without contributing back. Hopefully, that'll allow this hosted model to to play out. But I personally, I, you know, I I certainly look to open source. You can see what's going on from traction. But when you see it as a great lead generation engine, uh, which it often is for folks, um, I think that's a really healthy way to avoid spending a yeah. bunch of marketing money. Yeah, it's been fun. A lot of different shows we go to. Um, love your analysis. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Um, just in general, as not a VC, but as a as a tech uh, person and in the industry, um, I want to ask you and Stu, where's the what wave are we on? I mean, obviously Kubernetes is now kind of front and center, but we still got cloud native. Is it the cloud? You got IoT and Amazon Re, but we saw a lot of conversations around edge. Um, they had some interesting announcements around um, satellite telemetry mm-hmm. coming in to regions. So you got Google, you got Microsoft, you got the big players. Is it the rich get richer? Is there going to be a new second tier cloud service provider? Where is this going? How is it going to reshape the industry? I mean, just big picture. What's your thoughts? <laughs> well, this is yeah. This is literally what I get paid to do is figure out where things are headed. Um, I'd say just at a top level, this is a super fun time to be in this in this lower level of the stack. You mentioned already um, AI gets, it's sort of AI washing goes on a lot right now, but the very core of it is literally changing every application in interesting ways. And for me, I was a former hardware designer. The fact that you can now build and have really cool new hardware that's accelerating this stuff is really exciting. And you saw like Amazon's announcements, not only an ARM-based server, but Inferentia chips, uh, Google's been doing this with TPUs. 100 gig networking in there, like, you know, high speed, it's, you know, it is cluster impressive. configurations. Um, it's amazing stuff. So I love the fact that we can actually have very big innovation at each stage of the stack. And it's it's because the combination of every company becoming a, an app digital company coupled with the power of AI to transform things means you need DevOps to move faster. You need these platforms that let you do more self-service. And then I just sprinkle on top of that is just the ridiculous demand for uh, for high-quality engineers. And if you don't give them an environment where they feel productive, 
they're just not going to stay at your company. And so all that mix comes together. I don't think they're going to be, uh, there'll be some giant companies there already are, but I, I think the ability to, to create a new company that becomes large quickly or, or becomes small quickly if you screw up is, uh, is yeah. bigger than ever. I think this is total acceleration. Everything's uh, fast. Value's accelerated, uh, but it's also failure too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Everything is accelerated. <laughs> you have an option to abandon in your NPV calculations and IRRs uh, <laughs> in your portfolio. Exactly. <laughs> the word no, pivot comes from Everything to mind. is faster. That's the right Steve, way to what's your take it. on Yeah, this? so yeah. You know, we're at an interesting point in the industry. It, it's a bit of a paradox. On the one hand, the, the challenge of our time, we've been talking on theCUBE since the early days, John, is it's about distributed architectures and we're decomposing all of the pieces. Even Kubernetes itself, we're going to talk about how decomposing it. On the other hand, everything's consolidating. I've seen right. more of you know, vertical yeah. stack integration from the chip and hardware level all the way through. You see Apple, Microsoft, Google, right. and yeah. Amazon all have chip companies and are doing really interesting stuff there. But it is such a complex it individual is. that no one company can do it all. So yeah. there is opportunity for people to build on top of that. We have new marketplaces. Yeah. We have new ways of doing it. So it's yeah. yes, there's going to be some really big winners, and, and we have seen changes, but there are still opportunities and uh, yeah, John keep, keeps us busy always. Well, uh, I, here's my you know, here's my take. Here's my take. I want to get you guys' reactions. Yeah. My my view on this. So obviously we're in the media business. We're disrupting media with the cube. So we look at the market and it's kind of matched the music industry. The power curve, the power law is very flat and straight, and then a very long tail. And with the the, the head of the power law is the big players. But then when media came out, it, it kind of created a fatter tail and a bigger torso. I think that I see in the cloud, I see the rich getting richer. Mm -hmm. Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Alibaba, and maybe a couple uh, players underneath there, IBM, uh, Oracle, those, those big guys. And then it's going to be a second tier of cloud service provider, someone who's going to package all these awesome sets of features in the long tail. So you're going to start to see a growth because the big guys cannot be winning all the, the mid-range business. So I think you're right. I think there's going to be a, a lot of solutions that are just exceptional. Mm -hmm. And I think the scale of the cloud is going to create an opportunity for new kinds of service providers. Someone who says, hey, you know what? I'm going to package this differently. I'm going to assemble uh, I think so. a, a cloud solution on either one or all of the clouds. Why wouldn't mm -hmm. I use the accelerated Amazon or the power of Google? I, I think that's well thought. And I, I do think we've talked about this for a while, too, but I do believe there's going to be specialization by industry where you have certain algorithms and data that's unique to it by geography. Um, there's still going to be sovereignty issues, uh, even by just like what, what type of things am I trying to build? Um, so I do think simultaneously there's commonality on the platform, but that allows you to do specialization and to really serve a specific industry quite well. And machine learning is a great specialty thing. The metadata to power machine learning. So Steve, you have any final questions you want to ask us before we run out of time? Well, I would just say, I mean, you, you see a lot of these conferences. I actually like to show up at these and say, what point in time does this look like the AWS reInvent for me? What what point in time does this look like the maybe the VMware event in my case? But, uh, but I don't know. This feels to me like we've jumped over. A, uh, we're sort of at that point where this is going to keep going and, and yeah. growing. Yeah. How, how do we make sure we've hit the inflection point but not jump Yeah, the I mean, do you think we are here? And do you think, uh, how does this feel versus some of the other events that you spend time on? Yeah, I mean, uh, John, I mean John, you want yeah. me to... My, so my take, first yeah. of all, is there's a little worry, and there's some concern of us that have been through this before, is like, wait, did we just create another open stack? And 
you know, my resounding answer so far is no. While there might be 35 main projects here, each one of those was started for a reason. They stand on their loan. They, you know, have, you know, we've got Matt Klein on from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Lyft yep. uh, as our next guest here. And, yeah. you know, Envoy, you know, if Kubernetes didn't exist, Envoy would probably still exist. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of these pieces that are good, but it is complicated. It and is very complicated. All these pieces, but that's a real opportunity for a lot of companies, you know, the, the SIs, the big platforms to be able to help yep. put this together. And the customers are thrilled with what's going on. So, I, uh, you know, well stated. There, there, yeah. there's, there's interesting things there. Um, right. This ecosystem, the only ecosystem I've seen probably grow faster is the Amazon one. Uh, so it, it is doing well. And we've we've been looking for years yeah. as to like a nice, you know, vendor independent ecosystem right. to grow because, you know, some of the ones in the storage industry and yeah. things like that, you know, all died. That's so right. there were vendor yeah. shows and this, you know, the Linux Foundation's done a nice right. job. I agree. With That's it, the unique it's, part it's here been, for me. We, we bet early on it. So. Well, we bet early on it. It was a good bet. But here's the, here's the challenge that they have. They have lightning in a bottle. And it's definitely arrive. So there's a little bit of jump to shark moment. You got you got some you know things happening that's kind of glam oriented, but absolutely it's arrived. I think the challenge that they have is open source community is a core constituency of this event. And the Linux Foundation is structured to be kind of a very tight top thin at the top pyramid of management and this scale of this event and this movement is mm-hmm. too big for them I think to handle I think they either you have to have a sub brand or um, start segmenting out because if they lose the open source community then they're going to lose the vibe of the event and that's the core of what it right. is the downstream benefits kind of in open source parlance is the IT impact and the developer impact and inherent in that is the business benefits. So you're going to start to see more suits coming in, and you're going to ha- start to have a melting pot, and that is a risky proposition that they don't get out front on that. So, yes, it's arrived, but there's so much time that can be devoted just to the projects, just right. to the innovation. You're going to have to it's wear hoodies mo- next time, though. There's, there's a, money, so no, there's a money-making aspect of it. Yes, right. the money-making aspect of this is huge, uh-huh. uh, and I think that's what we're watching yep. as the business people come in saying, look, this is billions and billions of dollars. Yep. This is and, yeah, Maybe just one more thought on that. I, I like that the notion is really important. This is a distributed, not really owned by one person, one company. And there's the chaos that comes with that. And so how do you do the balance between yeah. this, these two yeah. things? It's, it's like when, I don't know, when Amazon announced their blockchain thing, it's like blockchain's supposed to be distributed. Now we have a company running it in one cloud. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's like that balance between the, the push and pull of centralization we'll that we're going to see. We'll have to put some computer science architecture together and maybe put an operating system around it. There you go. DevOps. Steve, thanks for coming on the Cube. Great to have you on as Good a guest analyst. Yeah. Great to see you. Uh, legend in the industry, Steve Herrick, Cube alumni from 2010, been on every year, now a venture capitalist, former CTO of VMware. With Stu Miniman, I'm John for analysis of KubeCon. Stay with us for more coverage after this short break.